Welcome everybody to the A-Game Podcast, coming at you live just after Monday Night Football concluded where the San Francisco 49ers obliterated the Rams 24-9 at home. The Rams didn't score a single touchdown and it was a defensive effort from the Niners doing everything, sacking Stafford about six times, an interception, all of the above. What an effort from the Niners who Fonga got the pick six at the end and I'm going to get to it all right after this we're also going to be covering some MLB the playoffs right around the corner we have the NBA season heating up as opening night is just about 20 days away and the NHL we're in the off season for that so I'll talk about that a little bit of Premier League we got a long podcast to get to a lot to get to I hope you all are ready want to thank you guys for the support we've still been gaining a lot of followers a lot of viewers and even though I've been really busy the support has been there Really want to thank you guys once again. It has been amazing. So I'm going to get right into it. And I'm going to start with Monday Night Football. Like I said, just watched it. The 49ers beat the Rams 24-9. And honestly, this game was pretty close in the first quarter. Rams were hanging around. Niners offense was looking pretty shaky. Jimmy G missed some big throws. He had one to Dwelly that was wide open. He had a missed read to Juszczyk. A missed read to Ayuk. Continuous bad throws. And it looked like the Niners might be in a hole but this defense kept him in it the whole game they had a big drive where they sacked Stafford twice tons of three and outs and then the fumble recovery they had and then the Hufanga pick six all of those were the highlights for the defense but it was just domination I mean it seemed that the Rams couldn't move the ball unless it was to Cooper Cup he was their whole offense tonight Cam Akers had an awful night running the ball all of the other receivers for the Rams were barely targeted Higby had a nice first quarter But this Rams offense doesn't go anywhere without Cooper Cup. And one of the concerns I had when watching this game was their offensive line as well. They lost Whitworth last year to retirement. And it seems that they can't replicate that presence that he brought last year. This offensive line is not good at all. Uh, And I think it's really going to cause them um, some issues as the season moves forward. Because their schedule is only going to get harder. They play the Niners again. Uh, The whole NFC West this year plays the AFC West. So you're going to be getting the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos. You're going to have a lot of tough matchups in the future. And the Rams, they're looking like the second best team in the NFC West behind the Niners. The Niners showed tonight that they're the best team in in this division. I honestly don't think that the Niners offense even played that well tonight. You saw Jimmy G, he threw for 240 ish yards. Um, It wasn't a great night for him, but it was enough. Uh, the big the big reception from Debo, 50-yard touchdown. That was absolutely insane, breaking three tackles. You had the Jeff Wilson rushing touchdown. And then a, a field goal from Gould kind of capped it off there in the third. But, uh, but no, it, it was big, and um, the Niners rolled. Looking forward, I talked about the Rams schedule a little bit. I think the Niners are the, are the favorites to win this division. They look like the better football team all the way through. And there's too many holes for the Rams, I think, that it, it's just going to cause... Um, just an insurmountable amount of problems once they start playing great teams. Um, so yeah, big win for the Niners, and they move forward. Jimmy G, he was rode off. They keep asking him questions. How did you feel about being ri- like rode off? Um, you got all these guys ask how it felt to say his goodbyes, and he just keeps taking everything with a grain of salt, keeps his head up, keeps moving. Um, that's what competitors made of. So big win for the Niners. Throughout the rest of the NFL, we had a really busy Sunday. Uh, with a lot of upsets, a lot of things went on, some big games here and there. Uh, the big one was Thursday night, and I wanted to talk about Thursday night because there was also an awful instant. 
I posted about it on my podcast with Tua Tungavailoa's injury. Um, absolutely awful, but I'll get into that. The Bengals ended up winning this game 27-15 after a really good fourth quarter. Joe Burrow played pretty well with 287 yards for uh, two TDs and a pretty decent passer rating. But the main point of this game was Tua Tungavailoa's injury. Two, I don't know if any of you guys know. Tua Tungavailoa on the past Sunday, so a week from Sunday, sustained a supposed back injury, quote-unquote, when everybody in the stadium knew it was a concussion. He fell to the ground in pain. He was clearly shaken up. They took him off. He sat for about two quarters, and he came back in the game, supposedly clearing concussion protocol, according to the team doctors. He comes back in the game. They get a massive win against the Bills, who is projected to be one of the best teams in the league and still is. They're 3-1 and one as well as the Dolphins. And people kind of forgot about the injury because the Dolphins won. They won a big game. Nobody really thought about it. And they kind of just moved on with their lives. Then Thursday night rolls around. The Dolphins, only four days of rest, play the Bengals on the road. And they start to a tongue of Iloa again. And he gets hurt. He gets an awful head injury. And don't let this distract you from the fact that this injury wasn't even that bad. Tua got thrown to the ground pretty hard. Yeah, but he barely hit his head. And he goes into shock. It was a neurological trauma. And his his fingers are pointed all weird. And it was one of the scariest scenes I've seen in sports. I was honestly fearing that he was paralyzed because I saw it with Shazier, a similar type of thing. Thankfully, he is okay, but he had to be stretched off. Both teams were on the field. Some, just a scene you never see. And the first thing I thought of was those doctors that cleared him. And it was it's an absolutely awful scenario. And those doctors are now being punished. One of them just got fired a day ago. And they're being punished. And they very well should be. This is an awful situation that you don't want to happen to anybody, especially a guy as humble and as great as Tua is. And man, this the, the protocol better change, something better change, because this is more than about football. It's more about the lives of these players playing this awful sport. They're getting paid millions of dollars to play this awful sport. The last thing you want is to ruin your life. So this was just an awful scenario. Thankfully, Tua is okay. But I hope repercussions happen um, for these doctors who ended up clearing him. I know one already got fired. But as a whole league, we need to get better at this because you just can't have that happen again. Um, So really, really scary scene. But thankfully, Tua is okay. The Bengals did end up winning that game. Moving on to the rest of Sunday, the Vikings defeated the Saints 28-25 in an absolute thriller in London. I unfortunately had Alvin Kamara in my fantasy leagues, and you know, at 5.30 a.m., I'm not going to be checking my lineup, um, and he was out, so it cost me a, a few a few leagues, but um, no, a big win for the Vikings. I love this Vikings team coming in preseason. I thought they were the NFC North favorites. I stand by that. I think there's a lot of holes with the Packers. I know the Packers have a really easy schedule, so their record's going to be inflated. But once they start playing good teams, it'll show what I mean. This Vikings team's legit. Big win against a depleted Saints team with no Winston and no Thomas. They kind of needed to win this game considering all the bodies out for them, but uh, big win. Falcons, they beat the Browns. Kind of just a a dumpster fire. Both teams not really good. Cooper Rush continued to ball out against the Washington Commanders. I know Dak is good. He's the $40 million man, but this Cooper Rush guy, he's going to get himself a starting job somewhere else pretty soon if he keeps playing this good. A great win there. Seahawks, they upset the Lions on the road 48-45, an absolutely high-scoring game. I saw a stat that... This was the first 48-45 finish in NFL history, which I found absolutely absurd. There's no way there hasn't been another game that was 48-45, but no. 
Uh, Geno Smith balled out. Rashad Penny played well. And Jared Goff, he looked really good on the other side. 378 for four TDs. TJ Hawkinson had a historic day, 179 yards for two TDs, and was doing everything. He got a two-point conversion, doing it all. Titans beat the Colts 24-17, kind of another one of those dumpster fire games. Same thing can be said for the Giants and Bears. Um, but the Giants are somehow 3-1 and one, just with that really easy schedule. Um, they'll get exposed pretty soon as well. I wanted to talk about Justin Fields because, man, in this game, it just proved once again that Justin Fields is not good. Right now, he is the worst quarterback in football. I talked about it on my last podcast. I'm going to emphasize it again. This guy is not good. He threw for 174 yards again, 11 for 22 against a Giants defense that honestly isn't good at all. They only have a couple notable players. Kayvon Thibodeau, the rookie, he's really good. They have a couple other good skilled players, but this isn't a team that you should be throwing for 174 yards against as whatever he was, the 11th or 12th overall pick, and your expectations are this team should be good. Yes, the Bears suck. I'm not, I'm not ignoring that. The Bears have an awful low line. Their skill positions aren't good. But you still need to be throwing for over 174 yards. That is ridiculous. And he's missing open throws too. This isn't... These aren't no easy... Th- I mean, this isn't... Oh, these aren't hard throws, right? He's making easy throws look hard. And he's overthrowing guys, bad decision making, all of the above. Um, really ashamed to see, but I hope he does turn it around. Eagles move to 4-0. and Hurts continue to ball that MVP campaign. Uh, would be there if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. What a thriller. Bills beat the Ravens 23-20. to Allen, 217. Not that many. Lamar balled as well. Actually had 73 yards on the ground to go with that. But the Bills show that they're a great football team, and they, they're doing it with a depleted defense. You, you don't have Micah Hyde. You don't have Trey White. Shaq Lawson, he's been banged up. Uh, you have... Poyer, who has been hurt, and all these guys, and you're still finding a way to beat a really good team on the road in the Ravens with a dynamic quarterback. Um, big win. Jets beat the Steelers. Zach Wilson hit the gritty. Everybody loved that. Uh, and yeah, then the rest of the week was pretty pretty basic. But uh, the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers on primetime. Uh, Brady had 385 for three touchdowns. That was big, but the Chiefs are just too good. Patrick Mahomes is so far and away the best QB in the league. There's not a conversation for anyone else right now. He is the guy. He's been the guy for the last three years, and people just don't want to give him credit, which I don't get. Um, I'm a big Patrick Mahomes guy, and he's definitely the best in this league. So, uh, Packers also moved to 3-1. and one. Raiders finally got their first win against an awful Broncos team. Cardinals beat the Panthers, and then Chargers beat the Texans. So that was kind of the week in the NFL couple things that stand out to me the eagles right they're they're a really really talented football team Uh, i wouldn't put it past them to win 13 14 games with that schedule i looked at the schedule i i mean this schedule is easy this is an easy schedule i i only see about one or two games that they might lose they're gonna win 14 or 15 uh barring any major injuries but the schedule is just too easy and they're a really good team as well um like I said, Niners look good. Everybody nodded up in the NFC West, which is super uh, intriguing. The Miami Dolphins and Bills are tied at the top of the AFC East. That's definitely something to watch for the future. And then uh, AFC North is really tight. And the Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're really surprising some people. I was a big Trevor Lawrence guy out of Clemson. 
But their skill positions, I know I keep emphasizing skill positions, but this is a big part of the game. And their skill positions with James Robinson and Zay Jones, who came over, and Christian Kirk's been playing well, and a much improved offensive line. You added Trayvon Walker on the defense. You still have Josh Allen on the defense. And the secondary is pretty decent. And you got a bunch of competitors, you're going to succeed, especially in a bad AFC Southern division. So uh, we'll see what happens. The Chiefs look like the obvious front runner in the AFC West. I'm still a big Chargers guy, um, but they are just hurt at a lot of positions. But hopefully they can fix that and turn it around soon. So that's all I had for the NFL. Uh, hopefully you guys could stay tuned with everything. I'll be updating you on NFL news, but big week next week. We got Bengals, Ravens, Thursday night, a divisional matchup. I'm pretty stoked for that. And uh, hopefully all goes well. Moving on to the MLB the playoffs, they are right around the corner. And just tonight, I just found out while making this podcast that the Philadelphia Phillies are in the postseason. So just absolutely great for them. That lineup is built to win games. The pitching does concern me come playoff time. I don't know if they're going to have enough to make a deep run. But with that being said, Schwarber, Hoskins, Harper, Bohm, everybody, they're all phenomenal and uh, they can make some noise against the Cardinals. So they'll probably have the Cardinals in the first round. That's kind of what it's looking like at the moment. Uh, but a, but just a big win for the Phillies tonight as well. They beat the Astros to clinch this division. Something you don't see. Uh, the Astros, they've won 104 games. This is the best team in the American League. And with a chip on their shoulder, the Phillies go in on the road. Schwarber hits two home runs. Aaron Nola pitches a gem. And they get a big win. Huge for them. Also, the past couple days... The Braves swept the New York Mets in a massive series. I'm still a big Mets guy. I know I've preached this on the podcast many times. I'm a big Mets guy. Their team is built to win in October with DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Walker. That Those four in the starting rotation, that is built to win when it matters most. But the, but the offense was bad. DeGrom honestly didn't pitch that good in the first game. Gave up a homer to Dansby. Gave up a homer to Riley. Gave up a homer to Olsen. And then Scherzer gave up a homer to Dansby. And then Olsen another one last night. So it was just a home run parade. Big sweep. It's looking like the Braves are going to win this division. Um, unless they lose out and the Mets win out. But um, yeah, the Mets, even as a wildcard team, they're going to be a threat. But the issue with it being two out of three format now is the Mets in the wildcard game are going to throw DeGrom and Scherzer, and they're going to face the Padres. And they're going to waste DeGrom and Scherzer, even if they move on, where they're not going to have them for the first couple games of the division series. So the Dodgers are going to get off the hook. They might not have to face an ace in game one or game two. Uh, and they could win a, a key first or second game and get a, a big advantage. Um, so, yeah, that is definitely the thing with making that wild card. You'd much rather win the division to just give your pitchers um, a full days of rest, and then also have them scheduled properly. Uh, but yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers tonight were officially eliminated from playoff contention with the Phillies making it. Um, so yeah, the stage is set. The stage is officially set for the MLB postseason. And I'm going to give you all of my predictions right now. So as of now, I'm going to be assuming that the Braves win the NL East because that is what it's looking like. We would have the Phillies and Cardinals in a division series and the Padres and Mets, or sorry, a division series. The Phillies and Cardinals in a wild card series and the Padres and Mets in a wild card series. This year, it's best two out of three. The higher seed is going to host all games. 
Uh, so the Phillies, they're going to go to St. Louis. They're going to play three games there. I definitely think the Cardinals are the favorites in this game because of their postseason pedigree. They have Pujols. They have Wainwright. They have Molina. They have that core. A lot of good young guys. Decent pitching. I definitely think the Phillies could beat them starting pitching-wise, but it's the bullpen for the Cardinals that is going to be key. That is going to be key. I think the Cardinals win this this series in three games. I think it goes all three. But I'm only saying that because of that home crowd at Bush Stadium. They love the playoffs. They love baseball. And I think the Vets will get it done. Because um, the Phillies, they only have the lineup. And if the lineup's not clicking, they're not going to go anywhere. But don't be surprised if the Phillies make noise and win this series. They easily could. But I'm going to go with the Cardinals in three games. Then we have the Padres and Mets. Another really interesting series but I'm gonna go with the Mets in two I think the Mets win both games because they're at home they're gonna throw DeGrom and Scherzer and I think they're gonna be done I don't think the Padres have enough firepower I don't think they have enough determination the lineup's good the pitching isn't that good Uh, I'm a big Mets guy I think they win in two games so then the Dodgers and Braves would have the buys this would mean that the Mets play the Dodgers in the division series the issue that I would have, I would say the Mets. I would say the Mets in this situation. I'm a big Mets guy. And it is a seven-game series. Um, I, I'm going to still take the Mets in seven. I think the Mets would take the division series in seven games. Uh, oh, I, I, I misspoke. I'm sorry. The division series is best of five. I'm so new, used to this new format. The division series is best of five. So the Mets would play the Dodgers in a best of five series. I would take the Dodgers, actually, in uh, in five games. I think that they would just have a little too much firepower with the uh, the Mets having to pitch to Grom and Scherzer only a few days before. And I think they would be ready. They would be well-rested. They would defeat the Mets um, in five games. I think it would go all five, though. So then the Dodgers would be in the uh, championship series. They would play either the Cardinals or Braves. I think the Braves would make quick work of the Cardinals in four games and move to the championship series. I just think they're too much. Then we be a Dodgers-Braves championship series. This is where I would take the Braves in six games. I think the Braves are ready. They're built for October. They're young. They have pitching. They have bullpen. They do everything. I think the Braves make the World Series once again for the second year in a row. So that's the playoff breakdown for the National League side. If you missed any of it, just rewind a little bit. That's all you got to do. For the American League, we have the Mariners and Blue Jays facing off in the A... Oh, Mariners and Blue Jays facing off in the AL wildcard. This is going to be an insane, insane matchup. This definitely could change over the next couple days because of the seeds and everything. The seeds could change. But if it is Mariners, Blue Jays, I would take the Blue Jays in three. I think it would go all three. It'd be at Rogers Center. Place would be rocking. They're happy to be in the playoffs again. I would take the Blue Jays all day long. Um, and then it'd be Guardians Rays. Guardians would get home field advantage. I would take the Guardians because of their pitching. And I think Cleveland would be rocking. They'd be having a lot of fun. Rays are in it every year, but they usually don't go too far. I think they're just missing too many pieces right now. A lot of injuries. A lot of things going on. So then the Guardians would move on. The Blue Jays would move on. That means that it would be Blue Jays and Astros. I think the Astros just demolish the whole American League. I don't think it's going to be close. Astros in six against the Blue Jays. And then it would be Yankees against Guardians. I think the Yankees would just edge out the Guardians in 
six or seven. I would probably say seven games because of the Guardians pitching. Then it would be Astros-Yankees Championship Series. What everybody wants, and the Astros would win in six. So then the World Series would be Braves-Astros. And I believe that the Houston Astros have something to prove this year. And the Houston Astros are going to win the World Series in six games. I think the Astros are the best team in the American League. I think they're the best team in baseball. And I'm all for the hype train. Astros in six in the World Series. And they finally win a real World Series championship. People won't forget about the cheating incident. But they will prove to the public that they could still win without it. So I think the Astros end up winning the World Series. I think it's going to be either the Mets or Braves from the NL because of the fact that they just have better pitching and they are built for October. I think the Dodgers lineup is the best in baseball. Don't get me wrong. It is so good. But they're really, really top-heavy as far as depth is concerned. And their pitching, I don't have confidence in Clayton Kershaw throwing in a big game. I don't have confidence in Tony Gonsolin throwing in a big game. I don't have confidence in Tyler Anderson. I have a lot of confidence in Julio Urias in a big game because he's proven it to me. Dustin May in a big game. He's proven it to me. They've all proven it to me, but Kershaw really hasn't. He did it during the COVID season. I need to see more. I need to see more out of Gonsolin and Anderson. So that's why I would take the Braves and the Mets in the NL. Right now, I'm going Braves. Braves, Astros, World Series. But lots still to decide. There's three games left of the regular season in the MLB. Who knows what's going to happen? It is going to be insane, but uh, that's all I got right now for the MLB. I'll come back to you once the playoffs start. Last thing I'm going to get to, actually two things. NBA real quick and then a little bit of Premier League because there was a big game, some big games over the weekend. Big things from the NBA. Tyler Hero a few days ago, I believe it was yesterday, signed a four-year, $130 million extension with the heat this is an absolute overpay don't get me wrong tyler hero is a phenomenal scorer he's going to get you 22 a night but this is an overpay for a guy that doesn't play defense he's not a good playmaker he's barely in the starting rotation he barely even started last year and you're paying him 40 million dollars a year basically i mean come on or 35 this is ridiculous um it's crazy how much money is in the nba now um the adelaide adelaide 36ers the NIL team defeated the Suns yesterday. And this was with all the starters for the Phoenix Suns playing. You have a literal minor league basketball team beating you on your home floor. Um, pretty embarrassing. I, I'm big on the Suns still. I still think they're going to be talented. But but that's a big loss. Um, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, there's a couple breakout players that I wanted to talk about. Um, I think Evan Mobley this year is going to take a massive step, a massive step in the NBA. I love the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are so good. I think Cade Cunningham is going to take a big step. Those are the young guys. I think Anthony Davis is going to have a phenomenal season. I'm big on him this year. And I also think that Shea Gilgis-Alexander will show why he is elite. And I think he will average around 28, 29 a game. Those are the four breakouts for this year. I'm going to get to all the standings later on. It is just not close enough yet. But once the season is right around the corner, I'll be doing a full preview of who I think's the best, who I think is going to underperform, all of the above. It's going to be great. So hope you guys are excited for that. Cool. I'm going to move on to the Premier League soccer. We had some big games over the weekend, just some absolute thrillers. Um, the big one was Arsenal defeating Tottenham 3-1. to Harry Kane had a goal in the 31st minute, but the red card by Royal in the 62nd was really, really big in determining this game. Uh, Jesus had another goal. He's or he's absolutely absurd. 
uh, and Arsenal looks like the best team in this table. Um, another big win for them, 3-1. Chelsea got a big win over Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace is great, but didn't get the win. Uh, Liverpool and Brighton, they tied. Everton beat Southampton, and uh, the Wolves lost again. Uh, so yesterday, Sunday, we had Man U defeat Manchester United. Holland had another hat-trick. Foden had a hat-trick. A pair of hat-tricks equaled six total goals for Man U. Absolutely absurd. They are phenomenal. So just a great weekend of, uh, of soccer. I can't wait to see how it pans out. Right now, Arsenal and Manchester City, uh, they stay at the top of the table. Tottenham right behind them. And then we have Brighton, Chelsea, Man U in the field. So that is the rest. Couple, couple of weeks, I should say. I think they're... Let's see. A lot of weeks left here in the Premier League, but a ton to still be decided. So I will keep you all updated on that. That is the gist. College football. Also, I forgot to talk about it. I will talk about it briefly. UCLA upset Washington at home. Absolutely electric. Great win for them. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I'm not big on him at all. I don't think he's that talented of a QB but he got a huge win um, this past weekend, and, and it paid pivotal. UCLA now, they're going to be recognized more along the country. They're moving to the Big Ten soon, um, so they're going to need those big wins. Ole Miss beat Kentucky in an absolute thriller. Uh, Malik Heath, he balled. Uh, yeah, so that's what we had for that. Clemson, they beat NC State. Michigan rolled Iowa. Uh, Alabama. They crushed Arkansas and Georgia. They had a little bit of a scare against Mizzou. Mizzou gave them a run for their money. Uh, some other games, Wake Forest beat Florida State. They balled. Uh, Hartman is an absolute stud. I'm really big on him. Hopefully he could play at the next level somewhere, uh, whether it's the NFL or something else. Um, and yeah, the rest of the games were, were great. I saw A&M lost. They look terrible. I hope they can improve. Um, but just, just some big games. Bryce Young, he sprained his shoulder. Good thing he's only going to be out for three weeks around there, they said. But um, but no, just just a big week in football. And plot is thickening, you know. We still have the elites being elite in Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan. But there's teams creeping. There's teams on the outside looking in that are just waiting to pounce. So, huge in college football. Thank you all for tuning in. 26 minutes in total. Pretty long podcast. I talked for a while. Um, so, hope you guys got a lot out of it. I always enjoy talking to you guys. Much love to you all and hope you all have a great rest of your night. Be tuned. Stay tuned, I should say, for next Sunday's podcast or next Monday evening's podcast right after Monday Night Football concludes. I'll be back here. Hope you all have a great week. Thank you for joining. Peace.